you know, let's start off like we usually do with a with a a synapse, uh, synap, not a synapsis, a synopsis. <laughs> Many synapses. A plot synapsis. No, a uh, a plot synopsis. Welcome back to Popcorn Hermeneutics. I'm Ramon. I'm Emmanuel. It's good to be back in the studio with you this week, Emmanuel. We've got some uh, some exciting news recently. The Golden Globes just happened, right? Yeah, it was a big weekend. There were some interesting results, I think. Yeah, despite the uh, technical difficulties. I didn't. I didn't actually see them. Did you? I didn't either. But I was reading about it afterwards. I guess there were some uh, some of the actors were cut off and things like that. There was there was quite a yeah, I bet. <laughs> to do about that. But uh, anyways. Anyway, so yeah, there. It was an interesting moment to to have Golden Globes. I mean, because COVID, yeah, I think a lot of the movies were just unheard of or perhaps not as popular as they usually are at this time of year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was definitely exciting because I don't know. I was, I was very curious about like what the movie since I haven't seen most of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like really looking forward to actually watching them and and seeing why they were nominated. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of them, the one that won Best Drama, Nomadland will be our next or one of our next episodes yeah in the coming weeks uh keep your eyes open for that episode or your ears open i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah so some interesting episodes coming up in the in the coming weeks to be sure but uh today we're going to be talking about amazon prime's sound of metal indeed which actually received one nomination for best actor in- that's right yours ahmed yeah take us away bro. <laughs> all sorry. right yeah <laughs> let's uh let's just i thought you know, let's start off like we usually do with a with a plot synopsis, uh, just to to get an idea in case you haven't seen the film. I don't know if it's if it's I don't know how many people have actually seen it. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's nomination. We're with a nomination for the Golden Globes. It it should probably get a lot more attention. Attention. Thank you, publicity. But anyways, the essence of the plot is that a drummer for a metal band played by Riz Ahmed, his life is totally turned around when. All of a sudden, he loses his hearing, mm-hmm. right? And so his girlfriend and fellow band member, Lou, takes him to a deaf community where he has to learn to live with this new obstacle in his life, right? And to really start to see it as less of an obstacle and more of, I don't know, more of a, yeah, so less of a an obstacle and more of an opportunity for growth, right? So that's just the the bare basics of the plot. Also, an interesting twist is that well, this he, he goes to the deaf community to obviously to learn how to to uh, take this new obstacle in his life in stride, so to say, or how to learn to live with it. But also, it's it's like a special community, I think, because besides that, there are a lot of people, deaf people, that are recovering from addictions and things mm-hmm. like that. And he himself used to be an addict, and so also that's kind of another layer of, of depth to his character. Yeah, for sure, definitely. And I think, you know, where those two realities intersect right i think the coping with yeah this new reality of his life the deafness and as well kind of coping with or or overcoming or just living with the reality of of addiction in his past is where 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 those two things intersect is i think where our uh our discussion is going to take us today yeah definitely so let's before we get there what what have you what were your impressions on it on the film oh yeah no i i really liked it i just thought that the i thought the story was just very real, you know, very, uh-huh. very human. And, and, and just there was a lot of depth to the characters, which I really, really appreciated and really liked. It was just, it seemed so, yeah, so real, right? Mm-hmm. 
you and I were talking before we started recording about and comparing, you know, the depth and maybe the reality of these characters with 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 characters in other films or other series that we've seen recently. And just that the fact that the movie, I feel like the film, the writers chose consciously not to go with the easy ending uh-huh. right with kind of i don't know like they decided not to cop out on on the ending and and make it much more complicated and much more real i really really appreciated that yeah That's... so definitely like two thumbs up five stars <laughs> definitely i really liked it too i i was watching i mean for, for like the first hour and a half seemed to me to be like it was a great movie and as you said very human very real a lot of issues being touched upon you know that we'll talk about later but in that sense also kind of cathartic like I really felt in a sense like identified with you know my own struggles and life obviously I've I'm not deaf or I haven't mm. really suffered a big loss like that but at the same time you know any of our struggles can be somehow interpreted into the struggle of a person a character that we want that we see in a movie and so in that sense I was very connected to the movie emotionally just to see the experience of a man losing his, his hearing and what he has to go through and especially for someone who you know, whose hearing was so central to him as like a, a rock star, so yeah. to say. So in that sense, I thought it was a great movie, but I wasn't really like into it, I guess. I mean, I was and I wasn't. I guess emotionally I was there, but but then I wasn't, I was just, it was a nice movie, you know, I was like thinking, well, the story is more or less straightforward and everything. But the last 30 minutes just like blew my mind. Mm. I thought, as you said, they, they didn't cop out because I thought, you know, it could have gone one way or another, like a really nice ending or like the typical kind of cynical ending of like Shame. he doesn't resolve his issue because the movie it takes you there you know it takes you to mm-hmm. this kind of like open um, there's this moment where like anything can happen even like yeah. the last five minutes of the film you still don't know what he's going to do with his life whether he's going to retrace his steps back into addiction or to some sort of I don't know like another sad episode in his life or something like that mm-hmm. if it's going to take a turn for the worst or he's going to go back to the life he had before exactly. in, in its positive aspects uh-huh. Or if he's exactly, or, or if he's going to fix everything and then just mm-hmm. go back to the way things were before, yeah. with this new experience, you know, which which are two very, I mean, like definitely good options for an ending of this movie. Mm-hmm. But then the movie didn't give us any of it. Yeah, <laughs> it gave us like a different ending that wasn't. I mean, it was open and it wasn't because like it kind of leaves you with with a hint of what's what's actually going to happen next. But it's definitely not what you were expecting. And for those last ten minutes, I loved the entire thing. Like I, I'm yeah. just amazed. Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah, and we'll get we'll get into that uh, that ending here eventually. We will have spoilers. Definitely recommend watching the film. And if you're into Derek Sanfrancis, like you know the typical Blue Valentine movies and things like that, he himself didn't direct this one, but he I think he was a he co-scripted it and also he produced it. So it it definitely has like a feel of his type of movies. You know, very real at the same time, like like very true love stories in a sense. Mm-hmm. So I think you get a kick out of it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if you're a fan of like romance although it's not actually a romance movie per se but it definitely mm-hmm. has some aspects of it yeah so let's get into those into those things we've mentioned right there's the romance there's this new reality in ruben's life the deafness right and and then there's kind of his past life his his past struggles right so you know at the beginning of the movie we see uh ruben the main character he's the drummer in this metal band and you know living a, a, a fairly normal life right mm-hmm. traveling at least insofar as He's a <laughs> traveling so musician, right? a metal, a metal band drummer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, I think from the very beginning, it's interesting. Well, I guess to take ideas that come out later in the film, right, and to kind of bring that back into the beginning of the film, you know, I think it's it's interesting that he is Ruben, the character, is uh, a musician, right? He's a drummer mm-hmm. for a metal band, and 
that it seems like he's been doing this for about as long as he's been sober. Again, taking information we, we, we get later on in the film. And so in that sense, I think we come upon, you know, a theme or, or an idea which can, I think, guide us through this film, which is like how we learn to cope with our difficulties and with our struggles, right? Yeah, so just to bring that out a little bit more, in, in some parts of the movie, they, they tell us what their actual struggles were, uh, the two main characters like Ruben mm-hmm. and, and Lou. And we don't really know that till the end. And then that's when you start understanding, oh, okay, this is why, you know, once you start understanding their history, their past, you start, I think, getting a better grasp of, of why why they've had to struggle so much in their lives, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to go into that a little bit. Sure, yeah, just a little bit, just from what we what we find out in the film, right? That Ruben used to be a drug addict and his girlfriend, Lou, her mom, we found out later that her mom killed herself, that she afterwards or, or maybe during, you know, we're not sure, but she also uh, engaged in self-harm. There's all these scars on her arms. She was also and, kind of estranged from her father for a while. Yeah, as well. Uh, Ruben didn't, never knew his father, right? So, so they're kind of coming from a... Yeah, f- from a heart. Yeah, not, <laughs> I guess, uh, different difficulties in their past, right? Yeah. And it seems like, you know, that they found each other, that they began to create music to to start this this metal band that they have together and mutually helped each other, really. At, at one point in the movie, right, they both, they say to each other, you know, like, you like you saved my life, right? Yeah, and also when they when they ask uh, Ruben, like, how, how long have you been sober? And he says, four years. And then they ask him right after that, and how long have you been with with Lou and he's like for four years so you kind of realize that it really meeting her really changed his life absolutely so I think we can take from this right as kind of the first the first step into the film is that you know we have these two characters and Ruben in particular right is the main character who have learned to cope with and not just cope with but even really overcome in a very real way you know the difficulties in their lives their struggles in their lives uh be they self-harm or drugs or whatever it is and they've taken these negative ways of coping Mm -hmm. which are those same things we just mentioned self-harm or drugs and kind of moved out of that with each other's help right yeah and found positive expression or found positive ways of coping in music i think on the one hand Uh and and in their relationship with each other Right. Yeah. I'm not a huge. Well, I'm not a fan at all really of metal music, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, and I'm yeah, not. Yeah, I'm not. A, 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 I don't know a whole lot about it. Right. Uh-huh. But we both had we had a mutual friend who was a, a, a Venezuelan death metal or black metal. I forget what type of metal it was One exactly, metal, but uh, like screamer, but something. a screamer or singer or whatever you call them. Right. And he, you know, he mentioned to us before that that this type of music is like an expression. It's meant to be kind of an expression of of pain or of uh, kind of an outlet of yeah of expressing like your the inner anguish so to say sure and in that way like getting it out there and not letting it I think harm you in yeah. a sense yeah definitely so I think we can see in that you know in in what it is Ruben and Lou do like we can see that that's that you know that's what they're trying to do right also I really like this th- there's one scene where they're both you know they, you just kind of see like a day in their lives and you can see how they they support each other and how for example, like you can see Ruben making some sort of like strange shake with a bunch of <laughs> greens yeah. and stuff. And he, he doesn't really want, he says some, he mentions how disgusting it is, but he's still, you know, trying to drink it there and he makes one for his girlfriend. And so you can see they're, they're really trying to like have like healthy, more like of a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So if, if somebody's like obviously going from a background of like self-harm and drugs and stuff and like now are completely the opposite or looking for like health and, and, and how they can continue their lives and, and the romance, et cetera. 
uh, you could definitely see like the positive change there. Yeah, absolutely. And I hadn't thought of that, but that's a really great, even uh, even maybe symbol, right, that mm-hmm. you can find in in the movie. It's it happens right at the beginning, right? That um, you know, this health this health shake, right, yeah. as as a symbol maybe for just more generally the healthy lifestyle that they're that they're trying to they're trying to live, and that they're like you said, right? I thought it was a great point that they're helping each other to live, right? Mm-hmm. But then comes the uh what i guess you could call the inciting incident right tragedy strikes yeah which is that uh ruben starts to lose his hearing very quickly very radically and we get some really good impressions of what that might feel like Mm. with just the sound effects of the movie yeah definitely i really like the sound mixing that they they accomplished it was great really because like at some moments you can kind of feel like you can feel the the muted atmosphere, like the almost like a buzz in the air, like, and and so you, you can start like you progressively, in the sense, lose your hearing as Ruben loses his hearing in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought it was two things that were interesting about that for me. First of all, I liked how they didn't go the typical, I guess, like war movie type way when like you know a bomb hits and then it's just like this ringing sound, uh-huh. right? And I don't know, I I imagine that the the way that they chose to go was was perhaps more more true to reality, right? Mm-hmm. As when someone actually does lose their hearing. The other thing that I found interesting, I I just I wonder what it would have been like to have seen this movie in a theater, right? Mm-hmm. Surrounded by a bunch of other people who were like eating popcorn and <laughs> you know slurping on their well slurpees or whatever. You know, I I watched it with uh like with sound counseling headphones, right? Uh-huh. So it was just this, you know, whenever you entered into that moment when he started to lose his hearing or, or those moments when when with the you know through the sound editing you entered into that that experience of of this noiselessness uh-huh. at least for me it was like you were really there like I didn't yeah. hear anything else yeah you know so I just I thought that was you know that was really interesting and it would have been a to- I think a totally different experience to have you know seen that I don't know <laughs> <laughs> one positive thing for God. <laughs> yeah for sure for sure but anyways so this new tragedy hits this new reality comes up in his life right and along with it. You know, following that that thread that we're kind of we're taking through the film, you know, he he has to find a new way of dealing with it, right? Mm-hmm. A new way of confronting this reality. And he, in in a moment, he starts kind of reverting back to his old habits. Um, we see him pick up a cigarette, which apparently he hadn't done for a long time, and so his girlfriend gets very nervous because you know, like with one thing leads to another, right? So then she kind of notices that that warning signal and calls. Um, I guess. We were not really sure who it is. They only mentioned him for a while, but mm-hmm. I guess he's some sort of counselor or something that mm-hmm. Ruben, that helped Ruben to get through his addictions. Yeah. And and then, so he gives them like a place where he can work again with his addictions and at the same time help him to uh, learn how to be deaf, so to say. Mm-hmm. And since he's really not capable of, of communicating, well, he can speak, but obviously he can't hear. It's really his girlfriend, Lou, who takes care of, of organizing that whole mm-hmm. thing for him, right? And and you see how hard it is for her to bring him to this place where you know as we find out he will ultimately like he'll have to you know be there on his own right uh-huh. Lou as someone who you know isn't deaf in the first place right given mm-hmm. that it is a deaf community you know she she can't stay there with him and so we come to this moment where Ruben has lost the two things which helped him mm-hmm. in his life up to this point right music and his relationship yeah. And he has to find a new way forward. And I, I definitely like thinking of it as like a, as a, a vacuum. <laughs> mm. Like, because 
when you're like all of a sudden the movie just like sucks the sound out of you, so to say, like you can't hear anything. And like, obviously that's, that's what he's experiencing. Like this, this new vacuum where there's no longer, like there used to be a vacuum, I guess. And that's why you try to fill it up with, with drugs and all these things. And then once he meets Lou and, and also, I guess once he, he starts discovering the power of music, so to say, to, to fill that void. But now that these are taken away from him, as you say, like the hole is still there, right? So now what's the next step? Like, how is he going to fill it? I think is the, is the challenge, the main challenge of the film. One thing that I also wanted to mention was that at first he doesn't want to stay there. Like he, mm-hmm. because he doesn't want to let go of Blue. Yeah. Music is gone, but he, he, he kind of finds a way to solve it, which is like some sort of by- bypassing. Some, yeah, like implants that he can yeah. get. So he wants to fix the music problem that way without losing Lou. Mm-hmm. But then she realizes that he's he's not going to be able to cope with the, the struggle of his hearing and and he's and she's not going to be able to help him to cope with it. So then mm-hmm. they come to some sort of agreement like she she asks him to go back to the center and says, if, if you don't go, I'm going to start harming myself again or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they make a promise where he's going to stay there and she's not going to harm herself mm-hmm. so that he can go through the process. Right. And then that's when she she goes back to her father, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So we're kind of we're, we're at this this interesting point in the film, you know, where Ruben is now in this in this deaf community and doesn't really want to be there, uh, but knows he has to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. That's when we meet a you know a new character, the director of this deaf community, who starts to introduce Ruben to something which I think we can take then as our as kind of the next theme or, or something that we wanted to speak about, right? Mm-hmm. Which is silence. Right. Silence as precisely as a way to cope with, to deal with or to accept this new, this reality of deafness in his life. Right. And silence as something which is which is cathartic as well for Ruben. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think it's the, I mean, obviously, it's a movie about a person that's going deaf. So there's going to be the theme of silence. Right. But then they they take that that trope, so to say, of, of, of silence becoming something real for Ruben because he can't hear anymore to being something much more symbolic and and like deep to realize that like he's still like the way that he's coping with things is still not 100% healthy so to say mm-hmm. because he's still trying to shut off I guess the inner pain the inner struggles that he has mm-hmm. and and so silence is presented to us as a remedy to that because in silence in accepting silence we can we can become more aware of our identity who we are and to start accepting things that we have to work through, you know, like our, our pains or emotional scars, etc. Mm-hmm. And and so in a sense, I think it, it becomes symbolic. Silence becomes like this this theme that goes throughout. And it's not just the exterior silence, the blocking of the noise because the man is deaf, but more that coming to terms with the interior silence. And and so there's, for example, there's one moment in the film where, where he's trying to fix this, well, get this implant, right? And the director of the... Deaf community tells him, you know, like, we, we don't think that being deaf is something that you should fix, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our community, it's not something you should fix. It's something that you're, you're, you're to embrace. I mm-hmm. forget exactly what he says, but it's something to that effect, right, that you're, you're supposed to embrace it in your life and, and learn how to live with it. And in a sense, use it as a positive tool to discovering yourself and to, to becoming more and more aware of who you are, right? So I think that's, that's like a, a level deeper into the meaning of science that we're going to be talking about. I really liked that dialogue that you referenced in the movie between between the director of the of the community and and Ruben. Another 
moment in that dialogue is is how well that dialogue happens in, I think like you mentioned just after Ruben has gotten the implants right it has kind of gone through the surgery mm-hmm. and is capable of of now hearing some things right his hearing isn't obviously 100% perfect but it's there's you know there's some level of hearing now mm-hmm. and so he you know he goes back he's talking to him and the director kind of as someone who's very experienced right with working with with addicts with with alcoholics he himself being an alcoholic you know he he, he just kind of looks at him at one point and he says you know, Ruben, the way you're talking about, like, about needing to hear, mm-hmm. about needing to, you know, go back to the life you had before, you know, you're talking like an addict, like you sound mm-hmm. like an addict, right? Yeah. And I just thought that was so interesting because stepping back maybe a little bit from the movie and looking, uh, looking, I don't know, at, at our own modern reality at, or at our own lives, you know, our own personal lives, how there is, I think, you know, I think it was a really great point being made about quote unquote addiction. And of course, using that term analogously, right? The, but the amount of addiction that there is to noise, I think, in, in, in yeah. our, just in, in, in our everyday lives, right? Uh, through so many, so many different ways, so many different levels, just something as simple as, as music, which again is something good. And even in uh-huh. the film comes out as something, something good, something that can be cathartic, right? Yeah. Or you know through social media, through so many ways, right? That we that we have of engaging just in this noise which surrounds us, and and I think again in a way analogous, analogous to what we see in the film, for Ruben, this silence or this stillness, perhaps is the better word, is something necessary for Ruben to to come to terms with, you know, with himself, uh-huh. right? As someone who is deaf, who has this 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 new reality in his life, is something necessary for. Ruben to accept that and for him to go forward in his life. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, right before going into what I think about that specifically, I, I was remembering something that I heard the director, Darius Martyr, say mm-hmm. about the, the film itself. Because, you know, we're talking about silence here. Obviously, it's about, as we mentioned before, a person going deaf. But how that, that silence, I think, was meant definitely to be symbolic. Yeah, I'm just going to quote a little bit of, of what the director says. He, he says, you know, I really wanted this experience, the, the film, to be not one that was putting on airs or trying to be this or that or the other thing, but actually just speaking language that goes way beyond labels. The labels of, am I a drummer? Am I a singer? Am I a guitarist? Am I deaf? And so then he says, it's, it isn't any of these things that's behind those parts of our identity. He says, the human behind them, and I think we see into humans all over the movie, and so I really hope people watch this and feel that they're part of that part of the film is like speaking to them as a human being. Right. Mm-hmm. So more than the film, just speaking about deaf people and their struggles for silence, he's saying, I want everybody to see their own experience reflected in that and to to see what the movie is trying to say to them as a human being. And and then he concludes and part of the condition that we all share. Right. So we all share in this humanity. So let's try to see what that deafness can say to us. And I think it's precisely, as you were saying, the deafness that we can embrace, the silence that we can embrace that is so necessary to to counteract this like this addiction to noise that our culture has. Mm-hmm. That's a great quote. And I think it it's spot on, right? In, in, in showing how, you know, this film, which, you know, which of course is, is speaking about the deaf community. And that is, I guess you can say the first level of the film, but how it goes so much, so much beyond that and how it can really speak to us as human beings. And and how it's necessary, the silence is necessary for us. You said something similar earlier, but the silence is necessary for us to 
discover and to, yeah, to kind of dig into deeply, you know, our identity, right? Mm-hmm. Who we are beyond labels. And I love, I love that part of the, of, of the interview, right? That it goes beyond labels. It goes beyond what like we label ourselves, what maybe society labels us to be, that there is kind of this, you know, this nucleus of our personal being that each of us, if we are to fully be human, we need to, we need to arrive there. We need to be comfortable there, right? We need to be comfortable uh, sitting there. Like the director, Joe, I, that, that's his name. I was trying to remember his name, right? Oh, yeah. uh-huh. Joe, you know, as he says, like, you just need to sit. And then he, I think the only sign language I learned from the whole movie was the sign language for sit. Because Joe uses it like 20 <laughs> times where he's like, you just need to go there and sit. And that's precisely what Gruben can't do. Right? Mm-hmm. He, at least, you know, through so much of the film that it's so difficult for him to go there. And he goes there and he just starts to scream and like starts yeah. to like punch the wall, right? Yeah, this is because Joe tells him, right, that he has to go into this room and like mm-hmm. just be there in silence sitting, as you said. And then if he can, he has to write. But then once he's, he runs out of things to write, he's supposed to go back into like this sitting, mm-hmm. just reflecting um, state, so to say. Yeah. But he can't, he just can't do it, mm-hmm. as you're mentioning. Yeah. There's one interesting scene where he starts like crushing a donut yeah. and just like smashing it to bits. Yeah, just to have something... Some kind of, yeah, outlet, I think, uh-huh. for for what he has inside. And I think the point that Joe is trying to make, and I think the point that the film is trying to make, is that there doesn't, you know, there doesn't have to be an outlet. Maybe at some times, at some moments in one's life, like an outlet is, is necessary and it is it is good, right? But mm-hmm. to, to really come to that acceptance of, you know, of reality, of one's own reality, there doesn't need to be an outlet. Rather, there needs to be like an inlet, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like there needs to be this inward motion i'm interested in hearing about your personal experiences right regarding yeah regarding silence maybe contemplation i like i know you're as well you're very uh very much a fan <laughs> of the arts right yeah. like we like we mentioned in our very first episode we've yeah. studied the arts we've studied the arts <laughs> <laughs> that was fun no but you know and i know you're as well someone who who engages in in certain types of, of meditation or of contemplation as well and, uh-huh. and you know i am as well so i'm just i'm interested in in, in hearing maybe what your personal experiences or yeah, what you have to say just from your own life regarding these things. I think one, one thing that, that really strikes me is is how much we can get in our heads sometimes, right? And and how how much noise we need and we produce daily. Like, well, first of all, just there's this this world that <laughs> like the, the culture that we live in is just filled with noises, right? I mean, and I mean noises with like the, the continuous like buzzing of your cell phone or <laughs> or. Uh, you know, the music all over the place, not just the, I'm not referring just to like the noises of the city or whatever it is, but like just we're continuously kind of addicted to to distractions, to notifications, to and then when we're not, when we have like a good solid hour or two to spend, what do we do? We go and like sit in front of a screen and watch something, <laughs> fill our minds with some sort of distraction, right? Guilty, or, definitely music. guilty. Yeah. yeah. Which, as we said, it's it's obviously not. It's not per se bad, but when we're continuously doing it and we're not allowing any time at all for reflection, I think that's when it becomes a problem, right? Because then we're not able to to interiorize and to like see what exactly am I living for, you know, to, to ask the more deeper questions of life. But I find it interesting that when we try, at least when I've tried to do it sometimes, because of the so, the, so much of the noise that, that I've been receiving, so to say, then I can't be in peace with myself. Like when I'm sitting down and say like, okay, I'm going to dedicate these this hour to meditation or whatever. And I sit down and, and then my mind just goes wild. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember this, this very interesting quote that I read from this guy named, um, he's an explorer, Erling Kag, who wrote the book Silence, 
was pretty famous a couple of years ago. Okay. And he says that like our, the natural state of our mind is chaos. And it's so true. Like when, when you, as I was saying, my experience of meditation is that when you sit down, so many things start flooding in, you know, the different preoccupations that you have, the things that you have to do, but not just that, just like questions about yourself start kind of surfacing. And you're like, what, what exactly am I doing with my day? You know, what, what, what am I like giving most priority to, et cetera? Like all these things start, you start becoming aware of them. And, and so I think it, it can become uncomfortable to be in silence, but it's so necessary because when you're there in the chaos, you can start sorting through it, right? You can start saying, okay, these worries are not so important right now. And, and start focusing on like what actually is central to my life in a very practical way. I'm not saying like every day you have to ask the existential question, where am I going to, you know, like mm. <laughs> what are the next 25 years of my life going to look like? Sure. Because then just more chaos surfaces. <laughs> but just the, the, the simple practical questions of like, what am I going to do today, right? And and how am I going to dedicate my time? And, and what is it that I want to accomplish? And, and in a sense also like to start paying attention to what I feel, to mm. to the interior emotions, to see like, you know, um, Today, I'm feeling sad. Why was it? You know, and asking the questions and trying to, in a way, overcome that sadness or, or those negative emotions to just try to remain more positive or even just like accepting the fact that you feel sad yeah. is important. Yeah, for sure. And and so, in one sense, I think that experience of meditation has really helped me uh, to try to to find that interior silence. You know, first, you have to obviously purify yourself from the exterior. You have to give yourself like 15 minutes to actually say, okay, I'm going to sit down mm. and not listen to anything and not do anything and just try to think right but then after that i think even more difficult process is to find the interior silence and one of the things that i've that i've found that helps me the most for this type of things is really as you were mentioning the arts you know the Mm. art like arts in the sense of i don't know an aesthetic experience a painting even nature Mm -hmm. um doing some exercise jogging you know things like this that, that kind of confront you with the present moment i don't know how to say like when you're gazing at an art piece or or when you're gazing like at a, a beautiful sunrise or or when you're there, you know, like hitting the 5K in the morning, mm. <laughs> you just kind of, you can zone out and, and think of nothing but the present moment and feel so excited about what you're doing in that moment or what you're seeing. In a sense, it brings you out because you, you no longer are so preoccupied by, by yourself or anything. You're just like there amazed at the, the sunrise or or at the painting. But at the same time, that that kind of like going out of yourself brings you back in with serenity and peace can you can because you could just say like i'm enjoying this present moment and obviously you're not going to be able to be doing that the whole day <laughs> but at least you had this one moment where you're living in the present you know and just like not preoccupied not worried and, and i think that definitely has like a positive effect later on in mm-hmm. yeah wow thanks for that you know just to reference my own experience there's a spiritual writer, his name's, I think, Franz Yalix. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it because I think it's like Finnish or uh-huh. Czech or, or something. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. <laughs> Anyways, he has great books. <laughs> and in, in one of these books, you know, he speaks about contemplation, right? And the necessity to learn to, he has this phrase where he says, you know, that the things that are, you know, the things around me, they are and that they can be. <laughs> and he goes on to explain what that means. And it's not, you know. That like I don't need to change reality outside of me, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't need to even change reality inside of me. And 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 I think that's that's something which is 
you know, which is essential maybe as like as the first step, as the first movement into into finding silence, right? Into mm-hmm. into this attitude of silence, I guess you could say, right? Uh, learning to to let things be the way that they are and like accept them, really, I think at the end of the day. And that's what I think that's what spoke to me most about this movie. I know you mentioned acceptance as well, and that really rang true for me as well, that that these moments of silence, these moments of of contemplation, of meditation are moments where you can, where I've learned in some way, right, to accept the things that, you know, that have happened recently in my life or the things that I am experiencing, right? The things that, mm-hmm. that I, accept yourself, right, as well, you yeah. know, and, and how important it is to be in touch with that on a regular basis, right? Yeah. I think is 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 huge, and it's something I've learned, right? That unless you ha- like, unless you're kind of doing that again and again, I would even say like daily, right? And and going back to that that place of silence, that place of 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 being able to accept reality, accept yourself, then it just it like it it it's like a battery or something. It just loses like it just loses its charge and it just fades out, and then it's yeah. just back to to finding other ways of like of, of dealing with just the normal everyday stuff right (laughs) and going back into the noise right and going back into whether it's the screen or going back into social media right Mm -hmm. and trying to find i think social media is maybe a great example and maybe you know maybe i'm harping a lot on acceptance right but for me it's something that's really huge and and a theme that's really been important in my life but uh you know like if you're not like if you're not in that place where you're okay with yourself right Mm -hmm. then you're going to be looking for that in other places which is like social media and uh, and likes or upvotes yeah. on Reddit, right? I'm not, exactly. I'm not really on social media, but I'm on Reddit, right? So, <laughs> so that's maybe somewhere where, like, where I find myself going every once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. And just to, yeah, I guess just to bring this all back to, to the film and to to Ruben's experience, right? Is that Joe, like we've mentioned, you know, sees that Ruben needs to find this stillness and to find in silence the ability to. Yeah, to 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 dig down and find his identity, right, mm-hmm. and to be in touch with that, and and to be okay with 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 reality. To, things are and they can be the way that they are, right? Kind yeah. of like like I mentioned, like and and for Ruben, it's just so hard, and I think for all of us, it's really really hard. Yeah. Like you mentioned, you know, even just to just to it just takes like fifteen minutes just to stop, just to get your mind stopped running <laughs> off slow of down. Yeah. yeah, off of 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 everything that you're thinking about all the time, you know, so. So definitely the movie and this this idea of silence is something that's cathartic, something that's necessary for us to to enter into what our identity is as as human beings, as you know, as individuals, my personal identity is something that, like I said, you know, rang true really for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want to read a quote that really Please harks on that from the book that I mentioned, Silence in the Age of Noise by Erling Kag. So he says in a way, silence is the opposite of all of this. Of the, he's talking about the noise, right? It's about getting inside what you are doing, experiencing rather than overthinking, allowing each moment to be big enough, not living through other people and other things, shutting out the world and fashioning your own silence whenever you run, cook food, study, chat, work, think of a new idea, read, or dance. So you can see that what, what he's what he's saying here is that when you're in silence, when, you, when you're searching for silence, while you're living and the things that you are doing, then I love the, that phrase, you allow each moment to be big enough. You allow your your life, in a sense, to 
to have the meaning that it's supposed to have, right? That that you you kind of like you fill it with yourself instead of filling it with I'm doing this because other people want me to do it or I'm doing this because I think somehow people are going to like me more if I whatever. If I work out, for example, you fill it with yourself and you say like no, this this moment is I'm taking advantage of this moment and I'm living while I'm I'm doing this, right? So it becomes a lot more meaningful. And I think that's precisely that that filling the moments, filling the silence with yourself is the ultimate goal, right? The ultimate goal is not emptying yourself. It's not it's not yeah. just the silence for silence sake because it yeah. would be ridiculous. But it's it's discovering yourself in that silence. And I think one of the best scenes from the movie, I mean the la- we were talking about the other day, like the last mm-hmm. 5 minutes are just incredible. Absolutely. Scene by scene, but the last moment is just amazing because he's there with with this implants and throughout the last like 10 15 minutes we've been listening to the world how as like how he would listen to it with his implants right which is kind of like very there's a lot of like static it's like scratchy almost scratchy like a yeah so it's literally like a a cacophony right this this disturbing like sounds and he can kind of listen to people but at the same time the voice kind of fades but the stronger noises of of you know just like indistinct chatter or like uh i think the last scene is is th- these church bells that mm-hmm. are ringing it just fills his ears and, and like well not his, not his ears but like his mind mm-hmm. with his noise and and it drowns everything out and so in the last scene he just like takes those off finally accepting who he is in a sense i think in an act of of saying like no i being deaf is not something that i have to that i have to overcome or something it's something that i have to accept and so he takes those things off and then he's just there sitting in silence and i think for the first time he's able to actually sit in silence as joe told him and i think we see like a a smile start spreading Mm. across his face right and and in those like what what is it maybe like one or two moments minutes of silence of just seeing him observing the city in silence you have that that feel that he really is filling that moment with himself. Like he is happy being who he is and he's able to experience that in the present. I don't know. It's it's like a very, it's a very poignant scene, I think. And, and when you watch it, I think you'll know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I did, I love that scene as well. I thought it was very touching, but as well, I thought it just brought the entire movement of the whole film to such a satisfying conclusion, even though, like you mm-hmm. said, it's not, it's not something which is definitive. You don't, you don't know what he's going to do after that, right? But it's 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 this glimpse into the possibility of a future where, where he is, you know, he has accepted this reality, right? He has, he's willing to let it be in his life, right? And then, mm-hmm. and then to move forward from that. Absolutely, and and it is it, it is so important, like you said, that this this silence isn't just absence of noise, right? Mm-hmm. But it is rather something. Something positive, and you know, with that, I'd also like to short share just a short quote from from a poem that uh, Thomas Merton, who's uh, uh, again a famous big fan. <laughs> yeah, I know you're a fan. Uh, I haven't read a lot of his works, but you know, a few of his essays, a few of his poems. He, he was a contemplative, a mystic, uh, originally a, a Catholic monk, uh-huh. who then you know got more Eastern. involved in Eastern <laughs> mysticism and things, and really interesting because two of the of the great spiritual traditions, right? And and even in that sense of the great contemplative traditions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Christianity and the Eastern traditions, right? Buddhism. Anyways, he has he has a quote from, from one of his poems. He says, he's speaking about silence, right? He says, be still, be silent. Listen to the living walls. Who are you? Whose silence are you? 
And so I think that, you know, in, in, a, in a poetic way, right, captures that, that, that silence isn't an absence of noise, but really is meant to be filled with, the, yeah, the deepest part of your identity. Wow. That was deep. That was deep. <laughs> Some moments of silence here. So yeah, that would be good. Maybe uh, just leave like a few minutes of silence. <laughs> we'll let you. We'll let the listeners do that on their own. I think. Yeah. Um, I think at this point we're we're wrapping up our our podcast. Right. Uh, have made enough noise ourselves <laughs> at this point, but but I think it's good. You know, I think noise has different qualities, right? Mm-hmm. And a film like like The Sound of Metal, I think, is noise, but noise of a very of a very high quality. You can say yeah. right. Uh, something that even in itself invites us into silence and invites us to, uh, yeah, to look deeper into into the meaning of things, right? Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's what we're doing here as well. Yeah, hopefully. High quality noise. High quality noise. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not just talking about the quality of the uh, recording equipment and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not optimal, but... <laughs> not always optimal, but <clears throat> we're working on it, so... Yeah. Any, uh, any last comments? One thing I would say that obviously... It's easy to like look at our culture and, and as we mentioned, kind of make a critique of it and how sure. how uh, how much noise there is and because of you know because of social media and because of the fact that we have like a cell phone in our pockets and so we're continuously reminded of the fact that <laughs> I don't know we're continuously interrupted so to say in our day to day basis by by it right and we're not saying this is bad I mean I'm definitely not I mean I, I myself have a cell phone and I, I mm-hmm. love it. <laughs> kind of too much i have to work on that as well but yeah we're not saying that you know we're not luddites or some sort of like mm-hmm. thing like that but but the, the point is you do have to search for your moments of silence and we're not asking you know cut off all ties with social media and <laughs> become a hermit exactly don't watch anything anymore like no more no, movies because then we would have no business <laughs> exactly we have no business here so the point is search for moments of silence even if it's just those 15 minutes of like interior mm-hmm. struggle man like do it it's definitely worth it and and you'll definitely find you'll find some interesting questions, I think, and eventually, eventually, some interesting answers. Amen. Amen to that. With that, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap up this episode. Thanks a lot, Emmanuel. Yeah, thanks for yeah your own experience and and oh, your own ideas you. that you shared over the course of this podcast. Next week we'll be talking about The Watchmen, mm-hmm. right? Another film that we've been wanting to talk about for quite a while. Some very interesting ideas. But with that, we bid you adieu. Thanks a lot for listening. Goodbye.